right, hey guys, and welcome to the Three Drinks In podcast, episode number 232. I am your host, Vince. Over there is your host, Phil. Hey. In this episode, we are talking about the new Disney animated film, Encanto. Uh, before we do that, though, I want to remind you to subscribe to the podca- podcast wherever you're, you're listening, whether it's on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever. Make sure that you leave a, ra- a five-star rating or even a review. That'd be great. Uh, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at 3 Drinks in Pod. You can like us on Facebook, and you can email us at 3 at gmail.com. Don't forget to check out our store over there at TeePublic for all your 3 Drinks in Podcast merchandising needs. All right. So, Encanto. So I, uh, I was unbuckling my my daughter out of the car today as we got home from from school and and we hadn't played any music on the ride home but she looked at me with like these dead serious eyes when i when i was like undoing the the the, the strap and she's like dad it's like yeah yeah yes yeah we don't talk about bruno <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like no, no, no. No, <laughs> like, no, 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 no. But like totally unprovoked. Didn't like, you know, we've been playing the music a lot, you know. We've, we 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 I think we watched the movie like 3 times with them. And mm. you know, sometimes they'll watch something and they're just kind of wrapped, but like we're in that like deep into winter mode now where it's too cold to go outside. Like we did you know, we'll do like try to get them out like in the in the morning with the snow to go sledding or something like that. But like it's just like you know, it's it's twenty degrees outside. You've got maybe thirty minutes before everyone gets a cold. So we we got to bring them back in, and so like they they can't watch anything for too long. Otherwise, they just begin to to sort of lose it. And um, but we've we've they keep coming back to this. And we're going really. You guys didn't even pay attention the first two times we watched this movie. You keep asking to watch it, but uh, but yeah, now she's like singing some of the songs all all on her own. She's and she's got a pretty good ear for it, so she can actually she's she's like on key, you know. And uh, it's it's impressive. But I was I thought that was great. Yeah, we we don't talk about Bruno. <laughs> yeah, just first gets. rule of, first rule of Encanto is we don't talk about Bruno. <laughs> And the second rule of Encanto is we don't talk, <laughs> don't about, talk Bruno. about Bruno. <laughs> so, um, so, so yeah, I've seen it. I want to say four times. Oh, I've watched it like, once. Like, I sat like down, you sat and watched it. Four right? Times, yeah. Or? Well, no, I I had seen it twice, and then uh, you know. I guess it was last Saturday night. We're like, okay, now I'm really gonna sit down and watch Encanto, and um, and then you've seen it because your because your son's a bit younger. He doesn't quite have that. Yeah, I only I only saw it the one time. Just the one time. Okay. Yeah. And he doesn't pay attention for more than two minutes. So yeah, it doesn't matter what I put on. <laughs> he's still little. Well, El- yeah, he's, he's still... pretty good with the Elmo. He's pretty wrapped. Uh, yeah. Elmo. He he likes uh, Sesame Street. He likes the office. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, but we used to, you know, when they're like a blob, you can put anything on. Like we used to watch like Entourage with him on and he'd just be <laughs> sitting there watching Entourage. I'm like, I don't know if this is appropriate, but he can't move. So it's fine. Yeah. Now, he, yeah. now he can like look up and be like, oh, I kind of recognize this. But, 
So, um, so, so what, what did you think, you of, think Encanto? of Encanto? <laughs> <laughs> 231 episodes. We never did that before. So. That should have been the name of the, of the podcast. <laughs> so what did you think so of? What did you think? <laughs> um, um, go ahead. I'll stop talking. It was, it, it was fine. It was fine. You know, I... I don't know what everyone's talking about. I don't think it's as popular <laughs> as uh, some of the other ones. I don't know if that's because it hasn't been in the movies. You know, like people were taking their kids to see Moana and Frozen and stuff like that. This one is just at home. Um, I think it was in the movies, but for not very long. Yeah, they all kind of have to be. So they, you know, even... Netflix for you know will pick a theater and show it for two weeks and nobody like they they won't advertise it because they don't care. Yeah, but they don't care. That's the criteria for all the awards. They want to make sure that they can. Yeah, I know. mean they know the parents are going to throw it on, so they'll pay it for the monthly fee anyway. So I don't even think um, this was like a premium access thing. No, I don't think they're doing that anymore. I yeah, I which is good because that was stupid. Like I mean, I guess. I don't know. I'm not quite sure. Besides the obvious cash grab, I wasn't quite sure what the benefit of that was. Just to see it sooner. Because, like, yeah. it would come out, and then, like, a month or two later, you would be able to see it without that. Was there a single good movie that came out in that format? Like, Mulan, which was an abomination, and Black Widow, which was terrible, and I can't think of a single other one. I don't think so. Yeah. Maybe one more that I'm forgetting, but yeah, uh, and they weren't. I didn't think they were very cheap. Thirty bucks—that's not cheap. And I'm sure they looked at it like, well, how many people per household will be watching it and stuff like that. Well, that's, but, that's how they tried to market it. Like, well, listen, if you all went to the movie theaters, it'd be like seventy-five dollars. They go, oh, yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I'd also be in a movie theater on a much bigger screen with, with better sound than my, you know. Yeah. I wouldn't feel like a fat slob be shoving popcorn <laughs> in my face like I do when I'm at home. Yeah. Like I can suspend, suspend my, you know, my belief system for a moment there. And so I don't know. This one was okay. It just was okay. Uh, it was a pleasant way to kill an hour and a half. You know? Yeah. But I didn't find it like, I thought the songs were okay and the characters were just fine. Like, I didn't hate it. No, there's what? nothing to hate about. Like, there's nothing that you like. You could actually go, "That was really terrible," or "That was really stupid." Uh, yeah. There wasn't even anything where I was like, I didn't like. Like, even watching Frozen, and and you watch how like the prince ends up being like a bad guy the last twenty minutes, and you're sitting here like, "Well, that's just not right." Like, that's clearly left over from a previous draft, and they didn't take the page out. <laughs> You know, I was like, oh, that's stupid. And then, like, in this one, I'm just like, yeah, all right. That makes as much sense as anything else. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Like, it does. It, like, you know, Frozen really had a, you know, like that, that, that movie never really should have worked because it, it's not that good. And it does have like a glaring issue with the plot, which is that it, it changes direction abruptly at the end i mean it, there, there's even like when you first meet prince hans of the southern isles um you know there's that the scene where he meets anna and then he, he at the end of the scene he fall, he like falls into the boat or whatever and like there's a shot of him looking back at her 
wistfully, like, oh, look, I just met the love of my life, and that's the beginning of my romance. And then they went in a different direction with that character because initially Elsa was a bad person, and she stayed that way. And it was, I think, more true to the Hans Christian, or like, I don't know if that was, uh, a, 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 you know, a Hans Christian, Christian Anderson story or whomever, but, like, it's not a new story. The Ice Queen was, it's based on, on, on something called, called the Ice Queen. And that's how that story ends, is that she becomes bad, and they have to vanquish her. And that's that's how that goes. And they decided, no, we don't want to do that, and they went in a different direction, and that's fine. But they left the, all that stuff in. Like, they left the, you know, love is an open door, and there's, like, no hint to the audience that this is all going to go south pretty quick. Or, like, there's, like, there's something mysterious about this guy. And you kind of have to do that with a children's movie. Otherwise, it just seems, you know, abrupt and weird. Like, any kind of, you know, about face of a character, any kind of heel turn, you're going to need to have some sort of anticipation of that, which is why, like, I use the word heel turn. That's a wrestling term. Wrestling doesn't do that. <laughs> like, the storylines in wrestling, we're always like, and now I'm a bad guy, and I've got no reason for it, and I'm just going to come out wearing a black T-shirt now, and, you know, it, it's... I think that's someone... the heel turn, isn't it? Like, all of a sudden, he's just different. Right, but, like, if you're going to have a heel turn, which is, you know... a a surprise character he's really the bad guy kind of thing then that's not an unusual thing to do but like if you make it abrupt it just seems childish and stupid like you couldn't think of a way to tease this to let the audience kind of be uneasy about it and either have their suspicions confirmed or even denied sometimes you know it's a red herring you think it's one thing and ends up being something else and um like I just saw that Harry Potter and the Cursed Child play last weekend, and it's not that good. Like as a, as a stage production, it's amazing. Special effects, those are fun, but the script is just a dog's breakfast. It's no good, and like because you know, like there's a way to do it where like you you have some idea. Maybe she's not the you know she's she's the bad guy, and oh my god, she's obviously the bad guy. And then so you got to thread that needle. And Frozen didn't do that, and it was just mostly kind of just lazy. They didn't go back and like re, you know, reanimate or re-edit. They just kind of went, ah, the kids won't mind. The song is catchy as hell. It'll be fine. So, but this doesn't really have any of that. They, you know, they they don't make a mistake structurally or or anything. And I, I wonder if that's the mistake that they made. Like they didn't take enough risks. Uh, I mean, it's definitely boring. So let's let's talk about the plot a little bit because I've seen it three times essentially, maybe I think four at this point, and I'm and I'm not quite sure if I get the plot because it's not very interesting. And so the plot of the story is basically that this family, you know, this woman and her husband, who's later the abuela. They are fleeing from somebody. It's unclear. Yeah. Cordios. Right. That means what? It is South. It is South America. Okay. So, just are, are Cordios are, are military, political cowboy figures. Gotcha. Yeah. 
And so, right. So, and they're, they're, they're in specifically Colombia, fleeing from the bad guys who are basically faceless. They, they don't ever, you know. Right. And they just could be anybody. Right. And so, in laying down his life, her husband, who's, you know, they've just had like three kids, three, three triplets. Yeah. <laughs> um, he sacrifices himself and somehow becomes magical, or rather, he becomes a magic candle. I think the candle just has magic in it. Like, you know, like he's the he's not the candle. Right. Okay. Okay, so he's not the candle. The candle just has his magic in it that he gets from the act of self-sacrifice. Maybe. I'm assuming. Okay. All right. Not really that important, but sure. Um. Anyway, and so then the three kids all get superpowers of some kind, and then they marry around the village, which the candle builds them the house. The house is a character. And basically, they're like the nice family that protects these people from the bad guys that are out in the countryside. And so they're they're you know they're protected. They have it in Kanto. All right. And everything's going along, just kind of hunky dory. And the kids get gifts, and their kids get gifts, and. You know, we're on the third generation of this at this point, and there's a big ceremony where, like, you, I guess it's you come of age, and you yeah. you go to the house, and you're like, okay, I'm ready. What can I do? Because we all do cool, fun stuff. And the house gives you a door, and that door is like a special room that personifies or, you know, it just demonstrates your abilities. And our main character... Um, whose name I'm actually blanking on for some reason. <laughs> um, it's Mirabella, right? Yeah, yes, I come back. Yeah, so Mirabella goes, and she's supposed to get a door, and then for some reason that we don't know, the house is like, yeah, never mind. Yeah, no. And there's no reason given for this. It's just you know her bad luck and then the story opens up as it's the day of her of her little cousin's door ceremony and everyone's like who i they're all nervous because like it didn't really work out last time and that was awkward and the kid's nervous and because the grandmother is clearly kind of like you know she's not happy about it and she's then mirabella becomes the black sheep as a as a result and then he gets one and she starts to get visions of what's going on, like oh, like the house is cracking, uh, cracking, and it's a metaphor, and you know, it's just she begins to see some of the instability of you know, it's a metaphor for the instability of the family, and turns out that Bruno, who we don't talk about, who we'll talk about now, um, his 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 thing was that he could see through time, he could see he could see the future, and he would give people you know, basically generic news, like which you could interpret either way, and they always took it to be kind of bad, and so he's been shunned. Because the family is unstable, their gifts are unstable, and they're trying to bury their real emotions, and she goes on a quest 
to what is it she does? She gets everyone to confront all that stuff. Right. Right. No one will no one talks about anything and no one's everyone is afraid to defy what the grandmother wants. Right. And her meddling forces all that to the surface. And that's it. That's it. Okay. All right, I'm just making sure I didn't miss something. <laughs> Cuz I like I didn't need it to be a dragon exactly, but it wouldn't have, wouldn't have killed them. There's a dragon. But there's 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 no there's no there's no, there's no dragons in this. This is just like a you know, like the world's worst Thanksgiving kind of a thing. Like it's just <laughs> The worst Thanksgiving ever. <laughs> I mean, emotionally, it was terrible. <laughs> yeah. So somebody had pointed out um, that, and this is not a Lin Manuel Miranda story, but somebody had pointed out that all of his, um, all of the projects that he's involved with, whether he's writing them or writing writing the music for them, are a little thin on plot. You know, In the Heights, definitely very thin on plot. Hamilton, you know, it's not thin on plot in the sense that, like, you know, there's not a lot going on. There's a ton going on. But, in fact, there's so much plot going on in Hamilton that it almost doesn't matter. Like, you just get a lot of, you know very well-crafted exposition and raw emotion coming out of all the songs in Hamilton. And, I mean, Hamilton is, is of course, the best of his of his works, um, but the plot isn't the point of, of, of Hamilton, so you can kind of let it slide. You know what happens to the guy, at least reasonably well. You know, Moana, again, he didn't write the, the story, you know, but it's a pretty simple, kind of simple tale, a bit more straightforward. And I don't know this. Yeah, this doesn't have. I don't know. It's not. It's sort of non-traditional. It's very culturally specific. Like I felt like this was not a story that was really for me per se. Although it's not inaccessible, but this is a thing in cultures of people from Central and South America and Mexico where there's a giant rift between older and younger generations of people. And a lot of people who don't, you know, they they choose not to acknowledge problems that exist in families and they don't and they don't talk about things. I mean there's it's not an accident that the that the the song is very blatantly saying we don't talk about this, and it's it's the subtext of a lot of families. It's just like you know we don't you know, we kind of skirt the issue, we dance around things, and they don't confront issues. It's you know, and I from what I've been reading about it, this is very common in Latino, Latina, and Latinx families, and um, it's also common in lots of other families. It's not like it's unique to them. See, that's the thing. It it's not specific at all. Yeah. And if they didn't put a giant sign behind her that said Columbia, <laughs> I would not have known where this movie was supposed to be taking place. 
because and like I'll give you examples. So like my wife is a Spanish teacher and all of her kids in class were like, oh, senora, we've got to watch Encanto. I mean, it's it's Spanish and this and that. And so like when we sat down and watched it, when it was over, she just looked at me. She's like, I can't show this in class. It doesn't have anything to do with Spanish and, or Latin American culture. It happens to be in Colombia. That's it. They don't talk about the Day of the Dead. They don't talk about the specific types of food they make. I mean, there's nothing in there, you know. So you're right. This does happen where they have like a domineering grandmother. They don't have that in Italy. They don't have that in, in America. Like I, I found it really strange that, I mean, uh, if you want to have Lin-Manuel Miranda make your music, you might as well have it be Hispanic in some sort. But like they didn't have to do that. It didn't feel like it was necessary especially since there aren't any bad guys or high stakes. Like the villain was shadowy men on horseback. Well, couldn't they just transfer that over to some other type of conqueror or, or villain? You know, like it didn't really ma- make a difference. It didn't matter. Yeah. So I just thought it was like, uh, and I, I thought that too when I was watching it. Cause like when you watch Coco where he goes to the land of the dead and they like, everybody just looks like, in the style of the uh, Mexican candy skeletons and things like that. I was like, oh, this has more to do with it than Canto ever did. And the Even thing about Coco was a far worse film. Yeah, <laughs> I no, can't Coco stand that movie. It's so stupid. Really good. I mean, the thing about this that's interesting is that people are really are they're they're, they're talking about its specificity, but only in the most superficial contexts. <laughs> I mean, but like skin, saying skin. hacienda. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, like the the visual design of of the people and the costumes and the the architecture is very specific to Colombia. The the geography of the landscape, but again, that's very superficial. And so, what's bothering me about this is that you're right that it's not specific to this culture the story is not this is not an uncommon story there's plenty of people all over the place that you know families that ignore their problems and pretend they don't exist and hoping that they'll go away and that's not that's not unique to anybody and you know it's it's it seems like they're trying to have their cake and eat it too they they want to tell a broad enough story that will appeal to a lot of people and yet they also want to say this is a specific story for this culture well which is it <laughs> you 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 sort of can't have it both ways and also you don't want to have it both ways like you know you want there to be universal appeal to a story and yeah okay fine it's nice if if they're consistent with with you know, their use of imagery and the details of the kinds of dishes and the kinds of clothes and the use of um, uh, butterflies, which is a symbol for uh, uh, the in the famous Colombian writer Marquez. I'm like, yeah, these are all, you know, very Colombian things. And also, who cares? Like, ultimately, it, I mean, and, and this is just, this is for people who are really concerned about appearances. You know, like it is not an accident that Lin Manuel Miranda get a got a ton of crap for, and I'm not, I'm not sure if it's I I, I, sh- I shouldn't say it's not an accident. It doesn't seem like an accident that he you know produces in the Heights, 
and gets crapped on because there were too many light-skinned Hispanic people in that movie. And I'm just I'm, uh, and I'm just going to say right now I don't since there isn't a word to describe all of the different kinds of cultures in that movie, I'm going to use the word Hispanic, which is not accurate, but it's as broad as it gets. So there were too many white-looking people in that movie. And uh, this movie has an appropriate amount of variety of skin tones for Colombia. Yeah, but it's possible that that those two those things are, are are that one is not a response to the other, but it's also possible that it is. I mean, it, I felt it, it felt ridiculous because all the the siblings are all different colors too. One of yes. them has red hair. Yeah, so like the so, aunt has red hair and she's practically as pale as I am, and I was like, I are they supposed to be related? And they're like, Yeah, I'm like, but why is that one? That what? Yeah. <laughs> like, like the people who marry into the far. family, yeah, they can look different. Yeah, that's like, okay. Like their like, siblings all look different. Like, yeah, the red, that works. The the red aunt, the red haired aunt's, you know, husband is very dark skinned, and right. so is so is their son. So like that that makes you know, sense. But you're right. Like, like Punnett squares. That's not how this works. <laughs> <laughs> I know my Punnett squares. Thank you, Doctor Mendel. Um, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, you can definitely take that too far. Yeah, so there's yeah, there's this the superficial nature of some of these things is is just that. And like I wonder and I wonder like we 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 tend to focus on this a lot in every aspect of our culture now is to this is to look for diversity you know as a good in in and of itself and it can be Bringing together people of different cultures and backgrounds, and I'm not going to use the word race because I don't like the word, but like you know, variety is important, you know. But it's ironic to me that the the story they're telling is way more universal than anything else, and it's the story that's supposed to sort of hook the audience and then drive the whole movie forward, and it's not unrelatable. It's and that isn't a bad thing. It's like they kind of almost, you know, it's, it's, and so there are aspects of this. Certainly, you know, it's pronounced in certain in certain cultures, having a very domineering and old-fashioned older generation of people versus the younger generations of people. And, you know, the same thing is true for Italians as well. And, you know, but it's... You know, Asian-American immigrants that all tend to live together in America. You're telling me yeah, that doesn't happen? Yeah. And just, it's it's the, you know, the conflict between the conservative and the progressive and the progressive younger generations that are taught to live. And that, like, the thing that's missing from this is America, <laughs> is the United States. Everything is missing America. He's right. like Sam Eagle. <laughs> I know. It's true, though. I mean, mostly America. <laughs> like the conflict between immigrants and their children is really what we're talking about here. Well, I mean, it's, I think it's tradition. Right. And because it, and, all and, these people live in the exact same village and have never gone anywhere. Right. So the, like, the, the but like the, the, the conflict that's being focused on here is one that was exacerbated when the people would leave Colombia and come to, to the United States and they were confronted with a much, you know, a much younger and fast-paced culture. Younger in terms of like the, like the age of the country 
and there was less, you know, l- 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 less of a focus on tradition and more on, you know, how can we do this better, faster, you know, more efficiently, and less concern as to how we have done it in, you know, in the past, you know, and how that that should that should inform what happens in the future. And like I'm just watching this, you know, the. Uh, you know the documentary about um, about baseball that 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 Ken Burns made 110 years ago, and I Jesus I, again read oh, a I, book for God's uh, sakes. No, <laughs> I, I I watch it to fall asleep too because it just just knocks you right out. But um, but like one of the things that they that they talk about a lot of the you know the you know the this the Spanish baseball players is that like this is something that you know drove a rift between. Them and their parents, you know, Mario Cuomo, who the bridge is named after, has a has a bunch of scenes in this documentary where his, you know, he talks about how his father and him didn't get along because he wanted to play baseball and his father wouldn't let him. Like all of these things, yeah, I, are uniquely American. The, that's not in this, though. No, you're, it's you're, but you're, that's it's not, not what it's about. It it is, but no, I, I disagree. But no, it's not. But no, it's not. But wanting to <laughs> confront problems is a young person's thing. Yes, young person, not immigrants. Yeah. No, faster pace. No, but I'm saying like this rift between old and young is one that was more clearly articulated by the families who emigrated to the U.S. in the early part of the 20th century. It's not, it didn't only happen there, but the people who wrote this movie, you know, like, I don't know them. We haven't met, but but they're all Americans. And, like, th- this this point of view about families is one that comes from the immigrant story. It's not necessarily, or if, if it is... Something that's traditionally found in the in the in these countries, nor you know, typically, it's less. I don't know. It's less obvious. You know, it's like this is a story uh, you know written by Americans about an, another place using a you know a point of view about families that is uniquely American. Uh, I don't see that. I think the. I think the main problem, you know, there were two main problems and another reviewer brought this up and I kind of agreed. Okay. First of all, this is like the fifth or sixth movie in a row that they've done now where there is no bad guy. There's no bad guy. And it's really hard to do these movies when there aren't any bad guys or the bad guy is so like this amorphous blob that it doesn't really matter. It's just something bad. Right. When we watch, um, Raya and the Last Dragon. And the bad guy was just this purple, like bluish smoke that turned people into stone. How the hell are you supposed to fight something like that? And then there were other movies like uh, Luca and Soul, and even Toy Story 4 didn't really have a bad guy. You know, there was like the depressed Dolly who couldn't talk or never got picked or something or whatever. But she wasn't like a, a serious threat. And so. The stakes end up being very low because the only thing stopping the people from fixing what their problems are is talking. <laughs> <laughs> and you have to come up with these contrivances to stop people from talking. And in like the comedy world, what you do is you have people, one person walks out of the room and when the other person walks in, 
So you like physically keep them apart, you know, and this comedy of errors type things. For dramas, what you do is you have everybody scream at each other and be inflexible, which is what they do here. Like the grandmother refuses to listen to anybody else and all the other siblings and aunts and uncles and everything. They just go along with it until eventually the house falls apart. <laughs> and, then, and then they all have to sit and stare at each other and go, what is the freaking problem that we're having here? So the stakes are really low. I don't care if they lose their house. And, you know, deep down, I know they all do still care about each other, even though they make faces and everything, you know. And everyone always says, like, the princess getting married. And that's a pretty high stakes. And, you know, true love between two people is different than, like, brother and sister. Brother and sister will always be bonded together no matter what. Same with abuelas and, and you know, and your tia and tio and all that other stuff. The other problem is when you're building this mythology stuff from scratch, you're not good at it and you leave things out. <laughs> okay. My wife and I both turned to each other and, and like looked at each other and said, what is the point of this family having powers at all? Because they're not protecting the town from anything. And then they certainly don't mention if there's like an outside lingering threat. All they ever seem to do is like they get the big girl to move everyone's stuff around. But more specifically, the only one who has a superpower that actually does anything that affects the plot is Bruno. Because Bruno can see the future. Really? His future, you know, and his visions throw everybody off. It really doesn't matter if one girl is super strong and one girl can like make flowers. It doesn't do anything. Yeah. It's not relevant to anything. If anything, it just becomes a lazy shorthand for their inner feelings. Like the older sister sings a song about pressure, feeling that if she doesn't do what she needs to do, like she needs to be the one who has to take on all the responsibilities as the oldest sibling. And that's something every oldest sibling has ever felt since the beginning of time. And you as the oldest sibling, I'm sure, understand that. But it's ex like it's expressed as the fact that she has to lift all the heavy stuff around town. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's her only defining trait is she's like gigantic. But beyond that, you know, but even that, it's like, you know, what's the point of having superpowers? The cousin can shapeshift? Who cares? It doesn't do anything. So they have all this mythology that's just sort of thrown on there that, that doesn't really make much sense or add anything to it. Yeah. You know, so like she's like, like I there don't have a power. I'm like, so these powers don't look like they're anything special. There is some mention of like, you know, the 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 magical house is actually the magical valley in a, you know, like the yeah, like there's the, a mountain that protects them. Yeah, but that, that's, point, that's the mountain's it, job. Yeah, that's the mountain's job. And like when the house falls apart, the mountain breaks in half. And they all like look and like, oh, no, the mountain broke. And like I thought for half a second someone would come pouring in. But no, nothing happened. <laughs> they just rebuilt the house. Yeah. I was like, oh, all right. I guess the mountain caught a break. Like it doesn't have to do anything anymore. <laughs> yeah, so like it just... Like stuff happens in it, but like on it's it's on such a sort of interpersonal micro level that it's not not very interesting. And I I kept like waiting for like I'm thinking like I you know I was I was watching the like like washing the dishes the first time that the, that 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 the movie was on. Like maybe I missed a crucial thing where the bad guys come back and they have to rebuild the house to keep them at bay again. No, that, no. that didn't. That there didn't were a few happen. moments like that, and I watched it. I was like, did we miss something? Like, is something supposed to happen? Like, did they explain, like, 
how these matricles are are keeping the town going, but they don't seem to do that. Like, what's the point of a girl having super hearing? How is she helping the town with that? <laughs> if anything, it she's making it worse. Insane. <laughs> you know, she knows everyone's secrets. You know, and they're like gonna marry off the one daughter to like the hunky guy in town. Like it's supposed to be this big deal. Like gotta impress him. I'm like, why? You're the ones with the powers. <laughs> he should be impressing you. <laughs> yeah, no, so, I mean, like there's there there really is just no plot there. It's 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 as it's as thin as a pancake. There's nothing really, you know. That's why the songs do a lot of the heavy lifting. The songs do all of it, and that's really like that's what my next question is. Like, what did you think of the music? I'm getting tired of these songs. <laughs> I, and I know it's just me, clearly, because we don't talk about Bruno was on the radio the other day. It's the it, it, it reached number one on Billboard. Yeah. And it's it is, by the way, song. the only it's, the, it's only the second Disney song to ever do that. Do you know what the first one was? I want to say a whole new world. It's a whole new world. Yeah, that's a good song. Yeah, with but I I think it was the uh, the difference was was that that was the Peebo Bryson and uh, Vanessa Williams version. Like it yeah, it wasn't like the one it, that, the one the one that plays in the credits. Yeah, it wasn't the uh, the actual filmed version with uh, I don't even know who did the voices for those people. I, I want to say Johnny Not Benson. Scott Wagner. <laughs> no, Wagner. no, he did the uh, he did the speaking voice. I'm gonna I'm gonna effort that while while you talk go ahead oh, lucky me <laughs> yeah um i think just because and like i felt this when i was watching in the heights like the movie starts and she starts singing this rapid fire exposition song as she wanders through town and i was like you know what i really don't want to do this right now like just show me visual gags because i couldn't keep up with her for one thing i, I know i'm old i guess i just they talk so fast I, I'm the idiot who had to watch Hamilton with subtitles, you know. So they talk uh, real fast. Hamilton's a lot. Yeah, well, some of these songs were too, and and they all sort of started where like rapid fire, take a slow break where they like spin in a circle with a camera goes around them, and then at the end of the song they all come together and sing the exact same time. So I don't know what they're saying. End of song. And I was like, oh, all right. Like her and her sister have this big cathartic moment where they're like swinging on the flowers together and they finally reconcile. And I couldn't understand a word they were saying. And when the song was over, they were best buddies. <laughs> I just looked at my wife like, what just happened here? They're friends? Because they were talking over each other. And that's like a signature of the songs that he writes. But I, I missed something important. <laughs> so, And I wasn't going to go back and watch it. So, Yeah, yeah. no, it's... it's... This, the songs a, also do they do a lot too with the with the animation does a lot with the songs when you go back and watch those songs like they there's a lot of like i don't know what they call it i'm not that smart you know where there's a lot of visual flair and style to them but in reality they're just standing there you know the sister sings a song about being under pressure and everything. And then like one second she's holding up the world and she's fighting Cerberus. And then they're, they're both dancing. The sisters are dancing with their, their hips and their shoulders. And then the song cuts back and they're just still standing where they were standing when it started. So like, it didn't really happen. And I was like, Oh, okay, that's fine. But like, it's a trick to show you that there's not really anything happening. They're just yeah. talking about their feelings. 
you know. So if you're a little kid, you don't notice. But when you're an adult, you're sitting here like, there really isn't much going on in this, is there? Yeah, it's sort of like you, you sort of look back to, you know, the the Little Mermaid and um, Beauty and the Beast. And they had that stuff in it. Like, so like Little Mermaid, no, nothing fantastical. Like, you know, like it was very much the way that you would if 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 you just wanted a stage of musical with these characters, this is how you would do it. Like, and that's what, you know, Howard Shore, the guy who wrote all, all the lyrics for those for those movies, you know, he was just like, you know, this is the last place where this works for me. Like, you know, if I can't do shows on Broadway, I'll just do this and it'll be great because it's, you know, like you. You know, it's just animation was a very natural fit for you know musical theater, and now we're getting you know I think it began a little bit with like Hercules did a lot of this stuff where where they had like characters and you know it, you know the 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 presentation was much more you know sort of fantastical and representational and you know metaphorical and it wasn't so straightforward. You know, the Little Mermaid is you know it's, it's you know she's a mermaid. It's magic. It's it's not, it's not real. But We're already there. <laughs> <laughs> but the presentation of all of the singing, you know, it's the reason you could translate that to an actual stage musical. And yeah, it's stupid to give the girl like roller skates to make her look like like she's swimming. But you know, you could do that. Beauty and the Beast. You could make a musical out of these things. They just you couldn't take the you know the song, you know pressure or under pressure or whatever whatever it's called, and stage it, like you 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 could, but it would be like just giant things, and it wouldn't it, w- it would be very non traditional, very unrealistic, and uh, you know like it's the, the there's I think one of the reasons they do it is because this the the information in the song flies at you so quickly you need a visual reference for it you know like if someone just sang those songs like i liked hamilton too but there are times when they are talking so quickly that you're just not getting all the information yeah it feels more like a gimmick after a while yeah i know it's not but that's how it feels yeah it's a it's i would describe it as a style more than a gimmick but what makes it feel more gimmicky than stylistic, you know, or, or, you know, is that it doesn't, I don't get the sense it's going to last. You know, like there's like Cole Cole Porter songs are a hundred years old because, you know, that they can be sung today. Like they're, you know, they're, they're not always like thematically significant as they were back then. Although in, in many cases they are, but they can be performed. These songs can be performed quite the same way. Well, rap is a young person's game. Yeah, I mean it oh, is. Uh, unless you were watching the Super Bowl this past week, in, in uh, which yeah. case, <laughs> in which case, Dr. Dre was a svelte fifty-six years old. <laughs> but even they weren't singing like the fastest rap. I mean, that rap compared to this is like slow as molasses. I mean, it's yeah. real slow. Very, very. You different. know, like. I read an interview with uh, 
Miranda once when they were asking him, like, why did you cast yourself as Hamilton and this and that? And he goes, well, it was my show. But also he says, like, I tended to give myself the harder rapping parts because I knew I could handle it. And I felt bad giving it to other people because it was really, really difficult. And some of them would just be like, I, I literally can't talk or sing that fast at the same time. But like, even he couldn't keep up when he's in his 50s, 60s, 70s. I mean, you, the the pace is very fast. Usually what rap songs are about, you know, people don't usually link, listen to like even Linkin Park in their 50s. You know, you're not screaming in rage anymore usually by then. So like, when you're listening to this, you're like, I need a break. What's great about Hamilton is the break in the second act. And most of those songs are different. They're slower. They're ballads. They're this or that. In the Heights wasn't like that. You know, it was just the same song over and over. And this was the same way. Yeah. I think the only one that isn't is the Bruno song. It's a little bit slower. No, the song that the sister who's, who, who has the, uh, who makes the flowers, the flowers, her song is, yeah, it's much more ballad-esque. And sort of wistful, and I, you know, I didn't. I think it's. I think that one's my 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 wife's favorite song, and I haven't really given it another good listen, you know, since since I saw the, um, saw the movie like last week. But yeah, like the ones that are catchy and the ones that are upbeat, yeah, they are. They all kind of run together after a while, and yeah, they're not. They're not. They're they're good at having exposition. They're just not good at conveying the exposition. Like the whole first song is a lot of information. Like, you basically get two exposition dumps one after the other. The first one is the slow narration of the grandmother. The other one is the very fast-paced song. So. Yeah. And I just, when I sat down and I started getting it, I was like, oh, my God, we're doing this already. <laughs> yeah. Can we ease into this? Yeah, no, this is right into the deep end of the pool. Yeah. What do you think so of the house as a character? What's odd to me is that she's the only one who interacts with the house. She's like she's the only one who talks to the house. The rest of them don't. They just take it for granted. Oh, you know, know I had you, not did, I had not really thought of that. Yeah, did you notice I mean, that? They I mean they all they like they're not unaware of it. No, they like when, all no. when the kids slide down the stairs, when the stairs become a slide, which yeah. is awesome. Yeah, like they all they, they they're aware of it and they use it like when the like it like flips the plates towards them and stuff, like the tiles will move like this. Like it was very well done. Clever, yeah. But as a character, she's the only one who like she she'll like look at them like, okay, house, let's do this, you know. Like I thought that was a little strange. Is that supposed to be like she doesn't she doesn't. She appreciates it more, or something. I was gonna say, like, the, I mean, you definitely get the sense that the rest I mean, of them suck. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, the overall theme and what, what what makes her character interesting, and I will say this about this: like, the, her character is interesting. I like the concept of a character who, you know, is like it's it's hard to do this where your main character your protagonist doesn't change. She is who she is from the beginning to the end, and she then influences all the people around her to change. This is, you know, a particular narrative style that you don't see too often because it's sort of harder to do. Um, and if, you know, like, and you want your character to, to develop over time. And so, it's, it's a nice change, you know, and like Rapunzel's a bit like this too. 
entangled. I mean, like she's she she remains fairly consistent the entire time. She's a good person at the at the beginning and at the end, and she's also just being abused. And so it's her her overcoming the abuse of Mother Gothel and improving the people's lives around her, specifically Flynn. Um, and so. Yeah, I mean, th- thematically, it would make sense that she would be, have more interaction with the house than they would in the sense that she would, you know, look to it for advice and, you know, like, look to, look to it, for, you know, for support, whereas, you know, like, they take it for granted in a way because, you know, they have other things to occupy their minds with in terms of, like, I can make flowers and I can do this, like. And that that that's what makes her special, and what makes it what makes her realize that things are going badly. You know, even though she actually has no way of knowing what that that these things are going. Like it's one of those things where like she's perfectly happy to go along with all of the grandmother's bullshit, but the house makes her aware of the fact that everyone's lying to themselves, and therefore the family is gonna you know have a actual irreconcilable fight and then yeah so here's the thing when you make these kinds of you know when you make these sorts of mythologies and you're making up the magical rules as you go and all i could all i could think i mean aside from her i mean she's fine as a character she she doesn't change because you know the problem starts with the house and then she just wanders around all their different relatives and says we need to fix this and she does and like I actually think she got shortchanged in the fact that she's like, I didn't get a power like everybody else. And like, you can tell she's bummed about it, but she doesn't, she doesn't have a song where she's like, well, maybe she does. I don't remember. There isn't a whole lot to that. She kind of shrugs and goes, well, I'm still going to fix the family house anyway. But all I could think was why now? Why this day? Why is the house breaking apart? And is it because the girl's going to marry the guy she doesn't really like? Like, what's there, the point of the house breaking apart all of a sudden? I mean, there there really is no reason for anything that goes on. Like, like what? Like once you realize, and I guess I I th- I thought about this too. It just didn't really occur to me. It's like none of the characters do anything useful. They just do things that are cute. And because you know, so like, so none of them do anything. They just feel. This whole thing is driven by the emotions of these people. Nothing actually happens to them to cause them to feel anything. They just feel. There's not like it's it's basically you know not random. Well, I guess it's random. Like their, their their powers that are given to them are random. They're a little bit over the top metaphorically, like you know, like you said, with the older sister shouldering burdens and actually being physically strong enough to lift up houses and donkeys and things like that. So, like, there's there's no reason for any of these things to happen. They're just things that happen in typical families, and so they're trying to show you an atypical family that has the same problems. But there's sort of there's no there's no motivation for any of it. It's just like these things happen and they build up over time and at some point things just decide to break. It is kind of random. Is that necessarily bad? No, I, don't, I guess not. But it's, it's narratively speaking, it's sort of, you know, 
it, it leaves you kind of empty. It doesn't give yeah, you a sense I mean, of structure. Was, right. Like, that was my only guess, and that only comes up way at the end when you realize that, like, the one girl is in love with the boyfriend that the girl with the flowers has. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I guess it's to stop them from getting married, but, like, then we come back to the other problem is why do we care if she marries this guy or not? Is he from some rich family? You know, is he going to protect the town himself? Like they didn't answer any of those questions. So I was like, okay, the house is randomly breaking apart and only the one girl with powers can without powers can see that. And the only one who will listen is no one. So they have to like convince the grandma that's all happening. I'm like, well, this could have happened next week or last year. Like, because the girl is the same no matter what so i just kind of shrug you're like yeah all right we're doing this now i guess but you know yeah i didn't care it didn't really matter to me i guess it's you know it's you can make a case it would be weak to say that it doesn't matter when it happens but that it will happen and that you know if you don't if, if you wait too long to fix the problems then you can't put the house back together again. Yeah, because you know when would have been a better time to fix this? When the girl didn't get her powers. That's the whole start of the thing. Like she, all of a sudden, she's about to get superpowers and her door dissolves and disappears. And that becomes the grandmother's nagging worry that something is wrong with the house. And then we have to wait 10 more years before the house starts falling apart. <laughs> and the poor girls had to live with this their whole life. I was like, well, they probably should have said something then. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. Oh yeah. You you need to have it's called the inciting incident. Right. <laughs> you know? And you gotta have stakes. Why does it matter to this person? And if it doesn't, then why am I watching them? And I mean, and that's that's another complaint about this. And I don't I don't know if it's a complaint, but it's like somebody pointed out that like, you know, when The Incredibles came out in two thousand four or five whatever it was the bad guy in that movie was the guy that didn't have any powers and and who coveted them you know and his his whole thing was that like i'm gonna give everyone superpowers because once everyone's special nobody will be and that's bad like you don't want that you want to be able to celebrate people who can do amazing things such that you know when people find themselves with any kind of ability they can look at it as a gift and use it as such and you know they should be grateful for the things that they have this is the exact opposite story here you have somebody who doesn't have a gift and she's the hero or heroine of the tale and her whole thing is to tell the people who have extraordinary powers that you should acknowledge these things as burdens and not as gifts. Uh, yeah, I guess so. And that's... They do all lose their powers at the end, and then once they build the house, they get them back because magic. Sure, there's that whole is, thing. Yeah. But like, you know, when it comes to superheroes, the more we delve into the complexity of the idea, the more, you know... You know, the more the, the the whole thing kind of falls apart like a house of cards. It's one of the reasons I'm not looking forward to this next The Batman movie. Because, I, I you know, I, I don't need another story about the 
you know, the the psychological shit show that is Bruce Wayne and, like, what would really happen if you had a guy like that. Like, I don't need that. Again, like, we kind of got that with Christopher Nolan, and it was really great. Anymore, it just becomes a horror movie. And so, like, which is sort of what, you know... Alan Moore's point was when he was just like, you want to do this for real? It won't be pretty. It's actually quite awful. And there's like Captain Marvel, like the other Captain Marvel. I saw I had a storyline about how like, what if you you know gave people actual superpowers? It ends terribly. Like it's just, we all die screaming basically is what happens. And, and, and that's fine. But like, you know, that's not what these movies are. These movies are still fictions for children and so like just to say that like we should be focusing on how hard things are all the time and how we don't like you know make time for self-care like I I guess that's not a bad message to send it's just not an interesting one yeah I mean your worldview depends very much on how you're going to view that so like so Brad Bird made The Incredibles and he also made Ratatouille and there's a streak of you know, maybe conservative, but certainly like this thought that some people are special and some people are not, and some people are talented and some people are not. And it can be, you know, the whole point of Ratatouille, it can be come from anywhere. Anybody can do this, but like not everybody can do this. Like the, the talent might lie where you don't expect it to be, but that doesn't mean everybody can do the things that other people can do. And apparently, you know, Brad Bird was uh, confronted about this, like Anne Randy vision he had. And he goes, oh, my God, that's not what I was trying to say at all. <laughs> but that's what that's what happened. You know, like it, despite the artist's intent, that's still what happened. So, like, you can have a movie where not everybody is special and everybody has powers versus a movie like this, where even if you don't literally talk to animals or make flowers grow spontaneously, we're all special in our own way. I mean, they're very incompatible things. So you tell me which one is more interesting. I'm going to go with the good movies. You know, Cinderella is a timeless classic tale for a reason. Why does she get a fairy godmother? I don't know. But all I know is that she has one. (laughs) So, you know, and you sort of shrug. But the ball and the horrible way her stepsisters treat her and all this stuff, that's part of it. And that's the inciting incident. That's the stakes. And boom, she gets the magic and no one else does. You know, people love that story. Yeah. <laughs> and you and you feel great when you see her succeed and smite her enemies. So like, <laughs> when movies don't have that, it's a lot more boring. Like they built the house at the end. I'm like, yeah, that went about as well as I thought it was going to go. <laughs> what does happen over? <laughs> that kind of work can be done over the weekend. You know, like, <laughs> sure, fine. So. Yeah, so it was fine. <laughs> it it was fine, and I mean, I don't know. Like, did it? Is it depressing? Is it like? Is it important to tell stories about people who are not special, but who are in their own right? Since most of us aren't that special, yes. Or is it better to tell stories about special people? To do the same basic thing. I mean, the the whole like you know showing kids movies about people who can do exceptional things 
doesn't necessarily alienate them from that or or the superhero from the from the masses it you know it it, it it might in fact i mean like that's the great thing about superman i always felt and like so the thing about batman and superman the difference is that batman is the real person and bruce wayne is the costume you know um and with Clark Kent, Clark Kent is the costume, and Superman is. The, well, how, did, did I get that backwards? Yeah, I flipped around. So, you know, but, you know, Batman is the costume, and Bruce Wayne is a real person. And and and, and with Superman, it hits the opposite. That's the whole point. That like he's pretending to be meek and mild mannered, and in reality, he's really something quite. But that's what always drew me to that character, and that's the kind of story that you can tell kids like what makes you special no you can't fly okay what can you do this story doesn't really do that because she doesn't learn anything about herself other than the fact that she already loves her family and they don't really learn much about her other than she still loves them (laughs) They're horrible to her in this movie. Yeah, like they're never really like they they. <laughs> they're always like, get out of the way, shut up. Like they're terrible. And like, yeah, they 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 appreciate her more at the end, but they're also still very focused on themselves. Like on 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 you know, it. So she's she doesn't gain any. She's not elevated at all at the end of the movie. They're they they confront their family problems and they deal with their issues and that's good but there there's nothing to elevate mirabelle at the end of the movie to for them to have like a like a like a new respect for her they don't dislike her you know like they i guess they they tone that part down a little bit by the end when they all begin to relax and realize oh, okay i don't have to be so perfect i don't have to be so strong I can just relax, and then everything will will be okay. And I mean, is there a moment where they, where they all? I mean, I guess the grandmother kind of has the it's talk the, with her by the by the water at, at the river. Yeah, the, it's the grandma is the one who gives up the most. Yeah, she kind of shrugs and is like, "I guess I've been a pain in the ass." And she's like, <laughs> "I'll I'll stop doing that now. You know, I'll stop expecting my family to behave a certain way." Is really what it is. And the rest of them just like sigh with relief that that's happened yeah like they're like oh good now i don't have to do that anymore thanks sister but like none of them really do anything differently either like what is what's the message at the end of this movie we're all family yeah i mean there there really isn't a message to say like you know now we'll do things differently like i guess there's they're gonna tone it down a little bit but like again they weren't doing anything in the beginning it wasn't the thing that had to be accomplished, you know. know. We talked about this for like almost an hour, and I like I really can't believe we just did that because about minute twenty three, I'm thinking, yeah, this movie isn't about anything at all. Like it's so banal. It's just told with this veneer of like, you know, metaphor of flowers and you know, like the girl who likes to gossip can hear everything. And the girl who's perfect makes flowers come out of, you know, from, from out of her butt. Like her shit literally doesn't stink. That's the whole, like, like it's very obvious what the metaphors are people like. So 
Yeah, nothing, you know, and you know, you just we we don't talk about Bruno because like we just would just shoot the messenger all the time. Like you can't possibly write it any more, you know, obtusely. But that's what they did, and yeah. But the colorful. songs are really catchy, and it was very pretty. Yeah, <laughs> it felt like you ever see that Family Guy where the baby's talking about Bernie Mac. <laughs> It's like, I love no. the Bernie Mac show. It's, it's very colorful. He talks very fast. I can't understand a word the man is saying, but it's, it's fun. It's fun. Like It's like that. Like, yeah, it's a good time. I don't know what just happened, but. <laughs> yeah. So, so if you got time to kill, it, you can watch it. It's good. It's fine. It's okay. It's not bad. It's just, you you, you really can't think about it for, for, for half a second to have any, like, deep meaning it's just you know it's shallow yeah it's a shallow story and like we get the stories we deserve like we don't like this is not a not this is not an accident you know if we if we if we want uncomplicated banal you know sort of pedestrian and shallow stories, then that's what we're going to get, and we're fine with it. People think this is the greatest thing in the world. And the songs are catchy as all hell. He writes catchy songs. It's it's hard to do these things. I must say that every other podcast. Like, you know, there's a reason Cinderella is a timeless tale that, that's lasted for, for literally hundreds of years, and, and Kanta won't be around by next year, you know, so... It's hard to make these things. Yeah. It's hard to make them last. You know, even the Incredible, like the Incredibles is, is fantastic, but Incredibles 2 is just okay. And like when I see people throwing heaps of praise on these films, I'm always like, you can do better. Just look at the original, you know? Yeah. Everybody's freaking out. There's another Jurassic Park movie coming out. And I'm like, why are we doing this to ourselves? Yeah. Have some I mean- standards. <laughs> And I will give this movie that in that it's it's not original in the sense that like the the theme or the basic themes of family here aren't original, but okay. But, but it's it's not just a a, a remake of something. It, it is these are all original songs and characters. It's not a rehash of things when they're like when they're pulling everyone out of mothballs to make a nineteenth Jurassic Park movie. Yeah, no, that's we should stop doing yeah. that. Like it's it's getting really big. Even the Super Bowl, like all right, I I kind of get the fact that you you know, you're like you and I are basically in that target demographic now of like 35 to 58 or whatever it is and like we comprise people, you know, that have a lot have a fair amount of loose cash. And yeah. you know, I'm a white male, aged eighteen to forty nine. <laughs> Everyone listens to me. Yeah. No matter how <laughs> dumb my suggestions are. That's all I could think of is that Simpsons school as I'm watching Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre and I'm like, wow, man, this is and there've been endless number of memes about just how like, hey, it's our time. You know, remember that time when you know when the Who played the Super Bowl? Like, yeah. You know, Tom like we're Petty. All, Yeah. Now it's like, us. So step like, out of the way, old man. <laughs> you know, like I was watching something on YouTube about a car today, and they're saying how this this particular um, version of a Volkswagen car is fifty years old. Like it, this, this one line been around for fifty years. When the first one came out back in the seventies, and in my head, 
50 years ago is still 1952. Yeah. But it's not like, you know, that's like every now and again, my the my, my temporal lobe will play tricks on me and I'll hear 50 years ago and I'll think, you know, do up yeah, and, like and the fonts. That was that was like five years ago, wasn't it? <laughs> well, it that stuff. No, that stuff because that to me, it's sort of easier, like 2020, 2001. Like I could do the subtraction in my head, you know, better. But someone said this car's been around for 50 years. And it came out, you know. Yeah, you know, the drifters with, were still doing things, weren't they? With Saturday Night Fever, or, you know, like it's not that you know, like all these cu- the, these these cultural touchstones are farther apart than I think that they are. So, but this is you know, I I would rather something be original and not great than you know a rehash and you know fr- beginning from behind the eight ball. Like you're not gonna make a good Jurassic Park movie with all the original cast in the same weird universe where all these, you know, Chris Pratt Jurassic Parks show up. Like, you you can't do that. It's not possible. But you could make an original movie that's good. Like, it's that that is a possible thing. Mm. And so, like, I will always appreciate, or you know, originality in, in 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 these kind of things like you know, we we all kind of got like a strange new respect for the Star Wars prequels more than i think is appropriate but you know we we can look at them and go well they weren't they weren't good but they were new <laughs> like st- stupid new ideas are still stupid but they are also new like it's i'm i'm willing to swallow the the bad stuff if, you know if you can just Focus on making new stuff. So, all right. All right. Well, so. I'm sure we just pissed off everyone with this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> so, Phil hates you know. everything. Yeah, we. Well, Phil does hate everything, and and yeah, and so if, and, and if my friend Mike got this far into this episode, then I'm sorry, buddy. This is one more that like, I, I we we don't dislike it. We just like it's fine. It's fine. You it's know. Fine. But here's the reasons why it's not great. <laughs> so. uh, anyway, if, if you guys out there have any thoughts about Encanto and why we're wrong and you want to share them with us, you can do that on Twitter or Instagram. We are at 3 Drinks in Pod on both. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. You can, you can email us at 3 Drinks in Podcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, leave ratings and reviews. And go buy a T-shirt over there at T Public, or a face mask, or a, I think a cell phone case. I don't know what I signed up for. A whole bunch of stuff. So, do all that, and, uh, and that's it. Cool. Yeah, that's it. Right. We will talk to you all next time. As always, please drink responsibly. Yes. Take care. Bye. <laughs>